are listening to the Classic Sermons Podcast from PreachTheBible.org, a ministry of North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California. You will hear fervent, old-fashioned revival sermons from great preachers of the past. It is our desire that you will be helped by this gospel message. Turn now to the book of Joshua, chapter 11, page 271 in your Schofield Bible. We'll be reading only the text verse, and that's verse 15. Joshua 11, 15, page 271 in your Schofield Bible. And let's read that verse together. Ready? As the Lord commanded Moses his servant, so did Moses command Joshua, and so did Joshua. He left nothing undone of all that the Lord commanded Moses. I want to speak tonight on the subject, you cannot improve on the old-time religion. You cannot improve on the old-time religion. I read for you that one verse read a while ago, and I want you to listen carefully. I'll emphasize a part of it. As the Lord commanded Moses, his servant, so did Moses command Joshua. And I want you to notice this. God didn't command Joshua. God commanded Moses. And Moses then uh, uh, commanded Joshua. And so did Joshua. And here's my text. Listen carefully. He left nothing undone of all that uh, he, Joshua, left nothing undone of all that the Lord commanded Moses. I do want to say before I start the message, I'm going to speak some things tonight about what you should do when I'm gone. I, I don't plan to leave real soon in case you get your hopes up. Um, people often ask me across the country, who's going to take your place? And I say, well, I, where am I going? Uh, you know something I don't know. You talk to my doctor or something. But I, uh, I have no intention of a soon retirement or soon, uh, no premonition of a soon death. I, but I, I do at my age want you to be prepared, uh, because I want this church to be here 50 years from now just like it is now. Moses had led Israel for 40 years. Now get it carefully. Instead of straight, listen carefully. Moses had led Israel for 40 years. Joshua was his servant, his assistant-servant. Joshua had no aspirations whatsoever for Moses' job. He was called simply to obey Moses. Moses died, yet he, get this now, Yet Moses still led Israel after he died. Joshua continued to obey Moses after he died. As our scripture said, Joshua left nothing undone of all that God of the Lord commanded Moses. So nothing changed. When Moses died, they kept on doing what they did while Moses was alive. And Joshua was still Moses' assistant pastor, if you please. Even though Moses was in heaven, what God had told Moses to do, Moses told Joshua what God had told him what he what to do, and Joshua continued doing so. You see, Joshua did not think he could improve it. Moses was still his boss. He sought no new commander from God, and he needed no new commander from God. Because God had spoken to the man who for 40 years had led the people of God. And the successor was simply to carry out the same work 
that God had commanded Moses to carry out. Now I want to talk to you for a while, and I want you to listen to me. I'm going to call some names of some churches tonight, and if that offends you, then you've been offended before, and I'm sure you'll be offended again someday. I've watched the great churches in America pass off the scene. I won't tell you the main reason why they passed off the scene. The Joshua's did not obey the commands that God gave to their Moses. They thought they could improve on what Moses had built. Ladies and gentlemen, you can't improve on the old-time religion. You can't find a better Bible than the King James Bible. You can't find a better work than soul winning. But these men who succeeded, the Joshua's, I'm talking about, I mean the Moses, the Moses like Dr. G.B. Vick, the Moses like Dr. Lee Robertson, the Moses like Dr. J. Frank Norris, the Moses like Dwight L. Moody, some of these men felt that they could improve upon what Moses did, and they sought to improve it, but the honest, simple truth is, it caused the destruction, the decay, and all across America tonight, you have churches that once were great soul-winning institutions that had been destroyed by good men and spiritual men who somehow thought, and by the way, in most cases, they were far more talented men than the Moses. But, brother, if you've got a winning batting order, don't change the batting order. Go to Fort Worth, Texas and see what improvement did. Years ago, a young man about my age became pastor of the First Baptist Church of Fort Worth, succeeding Dr. J. Frank Norris, the Moses of, the, of Fort Worth. This young man was the same age that I am. On the same Sunday that he became pastor of 3,000 people, attenders, at the First Baptist Church of Fort Worth, I became pastor of 44 people at the Miller Road Baptist Church of Garland, Texas. As our church began to grow and folks began to find out about our church, we, uh, I was invited by this successor, and by the way, a man far more brilliant, in my opinion, intellectually, than Dr. J. Frank Norris was. And Dr. J. Frank Norris was a giant intellectually. This man had charisma, big, tall, good-looking young man. He had charisma, and he was the Joshua to succeed the Moses of the First Baptist Church of Fort Worth, Texas. I knew him well. I used to preach for him time and time again. I preached probably 50 times at the First Baptist Church of Fort Worth, Texas. Used to have tent revivals all over Fort Worth. They'd go to the north section of Fort Worth, have a big tent revival, go to the south section, the east section, the west section, and have tent revivals in, in the sections of Fort Worth. And every time he had one, he asked me to come over and preach for him, and uh, I did. I sat down and talked to him one night after the service in a little restaurant, and he said, and I quote, he said, I believe that I can improve the First Baptist Church of Fort Worth. Now, he may have done an intellectual, but he was a dumb bunny, I'll tell you for sure. He improved what Dr. J. Frank Norris had done. What God commanded Moses to do, Joshua carried out. Because Joshua could not improve on the commandments that God gave to Moses. And I said to him, Homer, uh, I said, leave it alone. I said, don't touch it. Don't change a thing. Obey the command that God gave to Dr. J. Frank Norris. I explained the, 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 uh, uh, the term original intent of the Constitution. I said the, the big uh, uh, argument between the conservatives and the liberals about our Constitution, uh, the Supreme Court even, was divided on this, is original intent. 
In other words, uh, should the Supreme Court make the decision on the basis of what the founders of the writers of the Constitution meant or how they interpret it now? And the truth is, they have no right, I say the Supreme Court of the United States has no right to go against the original intent of our founding fathers who wrote the Constitution. And I said, Homer, don't you go against the original intent of Dr. J. Frank Norris. He's built the greatest church in America now. And don't you go against what I said, you build, uh, you, you, you continue what he's already begun. And uh, may I ask you to go to Fort Worth tonight? Oh, uh, by the way, uh, the successor of Dr. Frank, Frank Norris, uh, uh, Homer, I won't call his last name, but, but, but I knew him well on a first-name basis. About my age, um, he, uh, he was a talented man. And he led them in leaving their downtown. They had a church that looked like this. Not a, not a big steeple out in front. Not a sanctuary-looking church. As Dr. G.B. Vick used to say, a workshop is what a church all looked like. And uh, uh, so uh, they, he, he, he led them to leave the downtown location. And I, by the way, I have no intention of leaving the downtown location. I'm not going to go out in suburbia and build a massive, beautiful auditorium and go $10 million in debt. We'll just stay down here. Why? Because God's blessed us down here. That's why. Why? Because we've baptized more people in any church in the world down here. That's why. Why? Because the crowds are coming. That's why. And we plan to stay down here. When I'm gone, stay down here. Oh, that church went down and down and down. 3,000 became 400. Hey, look the what the improvement did. Look what this young, charismatic uh, man with a charming personality and a good-looking physique and a handsome countenance. Look what he did in improving the First Baptist Church of Fort Worth tonight after all these years. That man's been gone for a long time now. And the First Baptist Church of Fort Worth, probably the mother church of all independent fundamental Baptists, is now back in the Southern Baptist Convention. I said to him, I say to you, don't change the winning betting order. You don't, 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 don't improve it. Look what improvement's done. Thirty-nine years ago this August, Mrs. Hiles and I and three children and one on the way came to Hammond, Indiana. When I left Rowland, Texas, we had seen, as I've said so often, the first Sunday I was there, we had 44 people. On the first anniversary, with no buses running at all, we had 617. Second anniversary, 1180. Third anniversary, 2212. Fourth anniversary, 3163. And, uh, and what a wonder. We led the entire nation in baptisms, and I guess we led the world in baptisms also. What a wonderful ministry. When I left, we had an evangelist in our church, a far better preacher than I, a far more delightful person than I, a man of charisma and charm, a good-looking guy, first name was Tom, and I won't call his last name. And I, I led the people to call Brother Tom, this evangelist. And I said to him before I left, I said, Tom, now leave it alone. Leave it alone. Don't change anything. I said, boy, but he came in, and he was going to improve on what, what God had done through his Moses there in Miller Road Baptist Church. Tonight, that church is pastored by a good man. And if they had 300 people in Sunday school this morning, I suspect that was a pretty big day. Hey, look what improvement done. Brother, you can't improve on that Bible. You can't improve on the old-time religion. You can't improve on old-time preaching. You can't improve on old-time standards and convictions. And when I'm gone, let me tell you, the same Bible should be read from behind this pulpit. And the same standards, I mean the same doctrine. Uh, we, we preached for these 39 years almost, the virgin birth of Christ, let it be preached when I'm gone. 
We preach the uh, perfect sinless life of Christ, the vicarious death, the bodily resurrection, the pre-millennial, pre-tribulation rapture and coming of the Savior for His own. When I'm gone, let those same doctrines be echoed to this hallowed place. We've, we've had separation. We've taught our young ladies to dress like young ladies. We've taught our young ladies that pants are for men and not for even females. I can show you colleges all across this country. that a little bit here and a little bit there. The successor of a great man, the successor of a Moses in a college across the country, thought he could improve the college, and the college has gone down and down and down. Let me tell you something. If the standards were right for 1940 and 50, they're right for 1998 also. Dr. G.B. Vick, one of my heroes in heaven now for a number of years, dear friend of mine, Dr. G.B. Vick pastored the great Temple Baptist Church that taught I preached there on many occasions. And he's preached here. Dr. Vick suddenly passed away at about the age I am now, fell over with a heart attack. Two preachers after him came a young man who was one of the most brilliant minds I ever met. This, I knew him well. I mean... Personally, preached in this church in Missouri time and time again. And this young man was far more intellectual than, uh, than uh, G.B. Vick was. And by the way, you watch these intellectual birds that are not for the old-time religion. You watch them carefully. You watch these fellows want to improve on the Bible and improve on God and preach philosophy more than they do that which is written down in the blessed book. And this man went to that church and improved that church. I talked to him myself again. And, and, and I said to him, Truman, don't you improve it. You keep the same thing Dr. Vick had, but this brilliant mind of his and this young man of charisma and talent and ability, he decided to improve. And tonight, that church is just a shame. In fact, that church is not even a fundamental church. You go there tonight, you'll find they left the auditorium, built another auditorium, and the church is a disgrace to fundamentalism. Why? Because somebody decided to improve what Dr. G.B. Vick did. Listen, Joshua, leave it alone. What God commanded Moses, that's, a, that's good enough for you. You say, you're trying to say for the house that when, when you leave this place or pass away, that we all do everything just like you did it? Well, you could do a lot worse, I'll tell you for sure. Don't you get a bunch of these uh, new modern songs with a rock beat to it after I'm gone. Don't you get an NIV Bible behind this pulpit after I'm gone. Don't you let the young ladies wear uh, pants and activities when I'm gone. Don't you keep the young men, have young men wearing long hair when I'm gone. And by the way, you keep the same organizational structure at First Baptist Church, Hiles Anderson College, and Hammond Baptist Schools that we have tonight. As the Lord commanded, Joshua left nothing undone of all that God commanded Moses. Now, some of you folks don't like what I'm saying because you're one of those intellectual minds that think you know more. I used to preach every year at the People's Church in Toronto, Canada. Dr. Oswald Smith, one of the great giants, knew him well, preached in his church every year. Oswald Smith passed off the scene and uh, his son took over the church. I kept on preaching there every year, but the music got to where I couldn't go back anymore. They have the rock beat, the gospel music, and brother, rock music is rock music. I don't care what kind of words you're singing. The, the beat itself is straight out of hell and it's sensuous. 
God give us. Hey, let's go back to my Jesus bear the cross alone, and all the world go free. Let's go back to the song he sang a while ago, on a hill far away, to an old rugged cross. Let's go back to come back out of every blessing, through my heart to sing thy praise. Let's go back to amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. Let's go back to years I spent in vanity and pride, caring not my Lord was crucified, knowing not it was for me, he died on Calvary. Let's go back to dwelling in beautiful land. Let's go back at the cross, at the cross where I first saw the land. I'm saying, 50 years from now, may the same old-fashioned, proven, tested singing and music come from behind this pulpit that's come all these years. Dr. Charles E. Fuller. I can hear his voice now on the nationwide broadcast. From, from uh, Long Beach, California. I can hear him now as he preached on, on this nationwide broadcast. I can hear his voice of pathos say, God bless you, sailor lad. God bless you, sailor boy. God bless you, sir. God bless you. He started the Fuller Seminary. And Dr. Fuller passed off the scene, and his son took it over. And he improved it. He improved it so much, no fundamentalist has anybody scoring there tonight. I mean, he improved it. If you, listen, you call these churches built by the old man. I'm, maybe not as polished, maybe not as intellectual, maybe not as gifted, maybe not such a charismatic personality, but bless God, the hand of God was there. Fuller Seminary is gone. Why? Because Dr. Fuller's successor improved it. I could go to Chicago and show you church after church, and I hesitate to say this, but not very long. Go to Moody Church. Moody Church has been improved until it's not a shadow of what it was when Dwight Moody was alive. Oh, yes, I know Moody didn't have a degree. Oh, yes, I know Moody was turned down by the ordination council. Oh, yes, I know Moody was sort of a, a, a crude kind of a fella. But the hand of God was upon him. And Moody Church would be a lot better off tonight. You should get a bunch of buses and run across this whole area. Like she, like Badalia Moody, used to run horse-drawn carriages all over this area and go back to poor people, the down-and-out people, the fallen people, the ghetto people, the bus kids, and bring them back to that church and change their formal service for an old-time religion. Let me tell you something. You can't improve on the old-time religion. I'm gone. I want the same standards. I want the same dress codes. I want the same soul winning. I want the same King James Bible. I want the same organizational structure. Don't get cute after I'm gone. Don't get smart. The greatest church on the face of the earth is good enough now. It's good enough 25 years from now. I went to the, I'm, I'm pivoting now to another subject, same theme. I went to paratroopers in World War II. I played on the fast pitch back in the days when you didn't have slow pitch softball. Everything was fast pitch. I played on the special troops battalion team. I made the all-star team of the 82nd Airborne Division, 10,000 men in the Airborne Division. I was pitcher on the all-star team. And then the all-star team of the 50,000 troops in Fort Benning, Georgia, I was the all-star pitcher and pitched on. We played in the 7th Army playoffs. And uh, after we'd won the 
championship of Fort Benning. Colonel Holman was so proud of us, he decided to have a celebration party. I went to the celebration party because I was the starting pitcher, number one pitcher on the team. Colonel Holman passed the wine out, passed the glasses. He himself started serving the wine. He came to me. He gave me a glass. I turned it upside down and put it on the table. He said, Sergeant Hiles, are you going to drink the wine? I said, no, sir. No, sir. He said, I command you, drink the wine. I said, no, sir. No, sir. No, sir. He said, obey your superior officer, Sergeant. And I said, I have, sir. I have, sir. I have, sir. He said, what superior officer? I said, my mama. My mama. My mama taught me not to drink that stuff. I'm saying, I was not with my mama. I was a grown man, United States paratroopers, but I chose to keep myself under subjection to my mama. What God commanded my mama, I did not leave it undone. Some of the guys got me down and tried to pour whiskey down my mouth, but thank God my jaw muscles are the most powerful muscles I have. They never pried my mouth open, and thank God not one drop of alcoholic beverage ever gone through this mouth. I'm saying, I'm saying that what God told my mama, my mama told me. I didn't have to ask God what to do. My mama told me what God told her. You're on vacation. You go to a casino in Las Vegas. Or better still, they got those satanic things right here in our own city. God have mercy on our city government. Gambling is illegal. You have a gambling party in your home, they'll raid you, and yet the same fellows that authorized the raid, they're safe. By the way, that's what they're using to fix Sydney with. I'd rather Sibley be a dirt road with gravel sidewalks and to take the money earned in a dirty gambling casino. Wait a minute. I was out in Reno, Nevada, preaching. Hotel I stayed in, they're everywhere. They got one of our bandits at the airports out there. I mean, just hundreds of them in the airports. I stayed in this hotel, and every time I walked through the lobby, I saw those. One arm bandits. I'm a preacher. I've been preaching 50 years. This is about a year and a half ago. I looked at that thing and I said, I wonder how that works. I don't see any deacons here. Come to think of it, I did see some deacons there. Ladies and gentlemen, when you go on vacation, obey your absent authority. You're in a hotel room, they got HBO and Showtime and Movie Channel uh, and all the other satanic things that show the decadence of our country. You obey your absent authority. Let your Moses be your boss even when he's gone. Moses was going up to Mount Sinai to get the Ten Commandments.
he leaves his assistant Aaron in charge of the people. When God called Moses, he said, Moses, Aaron will be to you a spokesman or a voice, get this now, and you will be to Aaron as God. I didn't write that. God wrote it, so take it up with him. Said, Moses, you will be to Aaron as God. You guys understand that, don't you? Just want you to know it. Uh, I want you to be sure and bow down before me as I walk through beside you. Now, I'm not talking about me. I'm talking about Moses. God said to Moses, you'll be to Aaron as God. Moses goes on Mount Sinai. Aaron's authority is absent. I'm sorry. Yes, uh, Moses, his authority is absent. Aaron was a loyal man to Moses as long as the authority was there. But when the boss man was gone, now what's he going to do? He's going to take the earrings from women, put them in a mold like a golden calf, and go back to Egyptian-type worship of a, of a golden calf. They're going to have some rock music and some dancing, and they're going to strip off their clothes and be half-naked like American fundamentalism, or pardon me, evangelicalism is today. Moses comes back with the Ten Commandments, the tablets of stone, hears the music, Here's what's going on. Takes the stone and breaks, breaks them on the rock and says, You've already broken the Ten Commandments. Thou shalt not make of thee any graven image. Thou shalt know the gods before me. What happened? Aaron did exactly what people in America are doing tonight. They're loyal to authority until the authority is gone. Prodigal son. We have nothing in the story of the prodigal son that would imply that he was an immoral boy. He simply wanted his portion of that for the inheritance and leave home. That's all. We have no record of an alcoholic beverage or taking dope. We have no record of sexual immorality. But when the prodigal son left home, his authority wasn't there. And the prodigal son did not. He should have obeyed his dad, even though his dad wasn't there. Now, you listen to me. You Howells Anderson College people are going to go home for a while this summer. You stay under the rules of Howells Anderson College while you're gone. You folks on vacation, you live with the standards of the old First Baptist Church of Hammond, even while you're gone and not living under authority. Lot. As long as Lot lived with Abraham, he was submissive. But Lot's submission to Abraham only was while Abraham was present. When Abraham was not present, Lot had chosen the well-watered plains toward Sodom. He went down and down and down and down. He should have lived by the commandments that God gave to Abraham. Same thing about Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden. If Eve had been home making brownies, she wouldn't have seen that fruit. That's where every woman ought to be, is home making brownies. So you have graduated from Howells Henderson College. I'm sorry, Hammond Baptist High School. So you have graduated from Hammond Baptist High School. You let Mr. Boyd be your principal even though you graduated. You live by what he taught you. You live with the standards of Hammond Baptist High School. I'm a little tired of seeing some of our graduates out and seeing the gals wearing shorts or pants and the fellas wearing long hair. You reproach us, Hammond Baptist School, and all the work and labor we've invested in those schools. Those rules are not for you to keep for four years. They're for you to keep for life. Young bus kids that go to City Baptist High School, you're graduating. Mr. Douglas ought to be your principal from now on. So you got your diploma. 
The rules aren't for just for school. The rules are for life. You folks who graduated from Howells Anderson College, let Dr. Evans be your college president as long as you live. You heard what that man said a while ago when he's testifying here. He said he went down to Tennessee and visited what church one of our graduates. He said our graduates building a church exactly like First Baptist Church of Hammond down in Tennessee. And I'll tell you something else too. I double dog dare you to check with young men around America building churches and this is their model and they're still under subjection as it were to the First Baptist Church of Hammond because they're indebted to us because what we've taught them and how we've trained them you check those that are doing that way and you'll find successful churches but you check those trying to improve on what they learned at Howells Anderson College and you'll find a bunch of flops and failures so you're going home for the summer Let the authority under which you've been for nine months be over you while you're gone. Let me make it a little plainer. If you have to have chaperones with you when you date nine months a year, you ought to have chaperones when you date the other three months. And that goes to faculty members and staff members as well as children and young people. You ought not to have to have hair check in the summertime. Check it yourself. Go to Howells Anderson College for nine months and you dress modestly, then go out and lay on a beach like a bunch of half-naked heifers on a beach causing the lust of young men to be stirred. We're not trying to keep you right nine months a year, but 365 days a year. So you're going on to start a church. Don't be cute. Don't be cute. I was out Wednesday night, preached for our graduate Corey Sugan in uh, Fort No in, in Longmont, California. Just a small church, of course. He started the church. But it's a little first Baptist church in Hammond. You see Brother Hiles? Are you expecting all your graduates to copy you and do it exactly like First Baptist Church Hammond? Ah, imagine so. And there's not a student here can improve on it. Give me that old-time religion. Give me that old-time religion. Give me that old-time religion. It's good enough for me. You check it very carefully. Paul said, witnesses who saw the Savior have handed some truths down to me. Now, not, not only a message, but methods down to me. Paul said to Timothy, now I hand it down to you. Now, Timothy, you hand it down to godly men who may teach others also. He said, generation number one gave it to me. I, as generation number two, give it to you. You, as generation number three, give it to godly men. And they, as generation number four, teach others also. That means the same message, the same methods that the Apostle Paul got from the New Testament church. People that are witnesses of Christ's ministry on earth. Five generations, Paul said, I want the same. The very same. Quickly, and I'll close. Stay under authority went out from under authority.
Joshua, you're smart. You're a general. Moses was not a general. You're a brilliant man. Why don't you, and I, I, I don't like this, why don't you build on what Moses did? No, why don't you keep doing what Moses did? And Joshua left nothing undone of all that the Lord commanded Moses. What do you say? Well, I, I have a hard time explaining what I mean. Here's what I'm saying. I'm saying that this church, 50 years from now, after the man is gone that follows me, I want this building to be filled. I want this altar filled. I want souls saved with the hundreds and thousands every year. I want there to be one place in this old world where the 1940s and 50s are still alive. Somebody said to me not long ago, said, well, you're out of date. You're 50 years out of date. I said, you're out of, you're, you're out of sense, too. I'm not 50 years out of date. I'm 2,000 years out of date. And Joshua left nothing undone of all that God commanded. That's it. Again, I'm through. You're under authority. When you get out from under that authority, you choose to stay under that authority. And Joshua left nothing undone of all that Moses commanded. Summertime, the purpose of this message is twofold. To keep this church what it is for another 50 years. And number two, to keep you, even when you're not in the presence of your authority, to keep you obeying the authority under whom you were. Every once in a while I have a dream. I dream a lot. I, I, I dream sometimes about I'm going to a movie. Or was that a dream? But I dream sometimes I'm going to a movie. I'm preaching somewhere across the country, and I'll say nobody's going to see me. And this dream always works out this way, Brother Bordway. I go in the movie, it's dark in there, and I'll say, there ain't no way in the world anybody can see me. So I sit down, and guess who's beside me? That man right there. What I'd like to know is how come you're going to so many movies? What I want to know. And I always try to hide myself. And then I take off and leave the movie. What I'm trying to say is no matter where you are, vacation, hotel room, home for the summer, no matter where you are, graduation, no matter where you are, you always do what I said to Colonel Holman. High authority, sir! Who is that high authority, Hiles? My mama! My mama's been gone since 1984, but I still obey her. I still obey her. Thank you for listening to the Classic Sermons podcast from PreachTheBible.org a ministry of North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California. To listen to many more powerful sermons, visit our website, preachthebible.org. 
If you enjoy Christian music and programming, visit knvbc.com for Christian music you can trust.